Hey, what's good, people? This is episode 147, I think. I don't know. I'm Jason DeVis. That guy looks like Jeff Samuels. Oh, hey. Looks like him. That guy looks like Doc Vandermeer, a.k.a. the Muscle Shark, (laughs) a.k.a. the Savage, the man with so many nicknames. Ladies and gentlemen, the episode starts right now. What's up, people? You have asked. You have asked and you have asked. Months and months have gone by, but asking you shall receive. Because for me, I've got to give the people, give the people what they want. (laughs) Along with my man, Jeffrey Kennedy Samuels. Along with my friend, Doc Vandermeer. I'm Jason DeBiss. This is episode 147 of the Option Podcast. Welcome, gentlemen. How you guys doing? Good, how are you? Cool, man. I like it. So, you're playing tomorrow, huh? Yeah. Yep. With a buddy from back home. Yep. Yeah. It's going to be fun. We practiced today. Had had a good time. Yeah. Had a good time. Yeah, Um, yeah. yeah. Trying to make the most of it while I'm out here. Yeah. Yeah. I've just been having double days since I got out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, my my challenge to him was, because he did a whole bunch of analytics with Burek or whatever and this and that, and I'm like, I feel like Jeff, like too much information, too much information. Well, not that. um His yeah. Partner. Who did? yeah yeah no but i feel like you like sometimes oh, yeah. when you get there's something i call paralysis through analysis meaning you're getting so much information when it's time to play you're just like hold up <laughs> you know so oh, yeah. sometimes just two or three things yeah. uh, less is more i mean mm-hmm. you know so I, I wish you i wish you luck jay playing with mr vaughn in, yeah. the, in the draw Christmas we don't know who we're playing Start yet Friday with no clue I don't know what time we play, who we play. Just got to wait it out. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Cool, man. I'm, well, I'm very, very glad to have you on the show. I'm glad we made the, the Michigan connection to have Doc on the show. Yeah. Whatever, and this and that. Um, Thanks for having me back. Yeah, I wanted to wait a few months after you beat Phil because I didn't want I didn't want to be one of them people that was <laughs> that was blowing up the act like they knew you after you won that yeah. match. So I'm like, I'm going to say what's up to Grissel. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever and this and that so i have lightning round questions we're gonna have 60 seconds apiece to answer them cool. and whatever spills over if the conversation spills over we'll do that and we'll make that happen and we're gonna have a lot of fun in this and that and Sweet. we'll definitely explore that that moment that nostalgia jeff jeff has definitely had tons of them in his career as yeah. well oh, yeah. um and let's set up my camera sorry let's set up my 60 second clock there it is. All right, boys. So question number one. There's been a buzz about refs. Actually, I could just hand these questions to you guys. So. Yeah, that works. Uh, made copies. Look at me. Look at look at look how I do, boys. <laughs> Actually, let's go live. All right, guys. So question number one. There there's been a buzz about refs being more relaxed with hands calls um um particularly on the fivb scene or whatever in this and that um and sometimes i guess in the avp scene so with with only 60 seconds a piece i know you guys have to concentrate because i know there's so much you guys want to say about Mm -hmm. this is this something you as players are have 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 experienced in on-court play um against your opponent maybe they've been relaxed or you felt like you know maybe the refs have been gracious with some of your hands and this and that so I want your thoughts on this buzz staring that the referees have gotten more relaxed with hand calls Um, Jeffrey Kennedy Samuels 
you will go first. I still don't know why you call me that, no, but I love no. it. I want to keep I saying it because people are going to think that. I love I'm it. Google um, search you. 60 I, seconds, baby. Ready? I'm ready. Go. Um, so how do I feel about hands and them kind of relaxing it? Before, I was like strongly against it. Uh, I was all for the culture of beach volleyball and keeping the hands pretty tight. But just since it's so inconsistent um, from ref to ref, them trying to figure out what's clean, what's not clean, like I'm almost for just like, yo, if it's not bad, bad, like, you know, just just so we can have a standard, you know, like a gold standard of like what what a bad hands call is. Um, just so we're not always arguing about it. We spend so much time arguing about hands that it's just it's like almost to the point where like, why don't we just do what the FIVB does? Because then at least like not for the sake of it being easier, but you just have less issues. Um, I don't know. That's kinda how I feel about it. My man got 10 seconds left. I like it. You did it with 10 seconds to spare. In fact, you did it before I could allow my horn to sound off. Listen to the horn. That's awful stuff. All right. So, Doc, 60 seconds. Go. Oh, man. Yeah, where to begin? Um, I do not really appreciate where the hands are going. I think it's too lax. I think it takes a lot of the skill out of the game, um, you know, as long as it's not a double or a lift, I, I feel like it, you know, it's pretty obvious generally, you know, I feel like it's pretty easy to make that call. I just feel like there is so much discrepancy between refs and players. There's like uh, miscommunication. There's some sort of disconnect there. And now I'm starting to see like on the juniors level, um, and these juniors are playing in these tournaments with without refs. And so I think the coaches are starting to teach their juniors to hold the ball more and to focus less on like the outcome of the set as long as it's not spinning it doesn't matter um, and i think that's going to eventually trickle over into um, the adult game in a couple of years here um, and i'm kind of worried about that because a lot a lot of these hands are just i mean everything's like a lift you know as long as it's not spinning they're fine uh, but i'm just kind of afraid like in the next five ten years what hands are going to look like um, all right, my turn, but this one's definitely going to spill over after after one, so my one-minute diatribe is done <laughs> with this, gentlemen. Um, so for me, it's like this. If you ask any ref, particularly on the FIVB scene from indoor to outdoor, you will always a ref will always tell you a, a double is not how the set comes out, and that's been a big urban myth. It's how the set comes in. And this is why people like Phil Dahlhauser can have one set go inside, inside um, one hand, outside the other and it's still clean and rotationless so hmm. so this is why you'll hear a lot of referees say it's spin is not an indication but at the same time those seem to be the first referees that are calling it judging it on spin so that's something i think jeff might have been talking about as far as consistency is concerned yeah. what you're talking about is having people have a teaching tool to understand what the set right. and it looks like and and after high school and after juniors dude they got to let it go there has right. to be some fluidity on, on this they can't be this catch and throw thing and this and that right. so um i agree with you guys We're where if this is what a double is, be consistent. If that's what it isn't, that's what it isn't. Because for me, I don't think the FIVB scene has relaxed with that. They've always called the double on how it comes in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As opposed to how it comes out. Yeah. And Dave Carson, who we're trying to get, he's, he's setting up <laughs> courts right now, um, oh, yeah. supposedly. And um, my horn just didn't go off. But um, it's one of those things where as long as they're, they're consistent on how it comes in, because I'll, I'll reiterate this, Jeff, and you're going to go next on this. I'll reiterate that that um, there are guys who are good enough to have one ball come in one hand and out the other, and it doesn't spin. Mm -hmm. So do you not call a double on that? 
You know, all right? I mean, Jeff. <laughs> Doc! <laughs> Bro, I'm such a bad ref that, like, it's hard <laughs> Look, for me to always mm-hmm. have an opinion on that. I just... Yeah, I, I just feel like somehow it just has to be more consistent, whether it's, you know, being more stringent on handsets right. or, or or like, I feel like that's what the FIVB went for is they were just like, you know, it's just too hard to hold that standard and everybody have the same view of what's good mm. and what's bad. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it, that, that's just a really tough one for me. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, I feel like it takes a lot of skill out of the game. I mean, to set well, you have to be good with your feet. You have to be good with your hands. Um, like, when I was learning volleyball, you know, I, I started playing open when I was, like, 12 years old. You know, if I had a... That's when I started working on my hands. If ball came out bad, the team I was playing against, you think they were like, oh, it's okay, he's only 12. No, no, no it ain't nope, no twelve-year-old nope. exception. They grabbed the ball. <laughs> the they grabbed the ball and said, "Nope, that's a double or that's a lift," and we moved on. And nice. you know what? You know that's that's just how you learn. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the, in terms of the consistency, like I get where Jeff is coming from. It's but you know we have the rules written, right? I I, I don't know how often it's talked about amongst the officials you know, what, what they should be calling, what they shouldn't be calling. So well, we also have a lot of new refs. We do the have whole, a lot of new refs. The whole That's staff true. is just new people. Yep. And you'll get some people that are like, they won't call the actual doubles, mm-hmm. but then they'll call some before they even hit your hands. Right. It's just like, yeah. what, what are we, you know, like at that point, I'm just like, well, shoot. And like when I'm refing, I just like, this is bad. You guys keep going. And I don't know, the FIVB guys, like, I still feel like they, and obviously they're the best players in the world, but. Well, that's the thing. They're they, the best players in the world. They should be able to handset, right? But they do. But I still think that they do have good fundamentals still, even mm-hmm. though their rules are a little bit different than our... Well, they're supposed to be the same, technically. But, yeah. yeah. But even though their rules are uh, viewed viewed a little bit differently move than, than yeah. ours do, or ours are. So, I don't know. I feel like it could take some of the fundamentals out of the game or some of the skill out of the game. Um, if it's just lax to a point where we don't care how it comes out or just like, hey, no lifts like the FIVB does, like nothing from down here, everything over your head. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're not doubling it um, like, you know, pretty bad, then it should be good. I, I don't know. It, it is tough. I haven't been playing since I was could walk in diapers <laughs> like this guy. So um, me neither. Yeah. But I, I get what you're saying, because it, I always say, look, as a general rule, I know we want a universal thing that's understood around the world. Um, and de- the last time I had Rev Dave Carson on the show, I'm going to try in a minute. We're going to call we're going to call him on the on nice. the beach. Um, the last time I checked with him, he said something really, really smart. Check with your league. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. For example, look at the Pottstown Rumble. Right. Is 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 side out still existent no but it isn't their league is big court still existent no but it isn't their league right um the scoring freeze that the avp did for which we'll talk about a little bit later um that was something that the avp as, as a professional sports league instituted um look at other sports right basketball they got rid of the hand check check rule for a little bit um they start football they started being more more um Throwing more flags for unnecessary roughness, because because I think these leagues are designed to make offense um, dominate the day, look more flashy, generate new fans, uh, um, excite old fans. Right. You know. So I, and I think maybe that's where volleyball was trying to go with the hands on this one, but at the same time, 
you know, indoor or you can't, you can't call indoor bump set spike anymore, right? It's smudge set spike, yeah. you know, um, which I will finish because maybe we're going back to this, but I like to, I like to finish by saying that it doesn't affect the highest levels. It, it just, it just, it, it F's up people who are trying to play it and it F's up these guys trying to get their rating and this and that because just like indoor, if you look at the highest level, no one's receiving with their hands anyway. They don't care if it's a double or not. They re- with that serve to space, they have to receive with their forearms. And at the highest level here, like you said, I would like to think that the best players in the world already have a good release and good fluidity where you, this whole thing is, you know, is, I mean, if it happens game three, 14-14, right, Jeff, we need to have a conversation, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think... Even though the rules have laxed quite a bit, the skill, mm-hmm. I think it's still there. I think there is a, a question on whether or not it would remain if we went any further with relaxing the hands. But mm-hmm. um, at least, you know, when you're watching these main draws, I see a lot of stuff that probably would have been questionable several years back that are now okay. Um, but I still think, I don't know, I still feel like there's quite a bit of skill left in it. I, Absolutely. I I'm not. I'm talking to two of the two of the better setters on the tour, though. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I got the right two guys like, for the I job. Think it's tough. Yeah, I mean, the reason that they want to be more lax on the hands offense. is to extend rallies, right? Yeah, so you can have more offensive plays, which and which the crazy I get. stuff going on with you know, the jump setting and yeah. all that sort of stuff. You, yeah, these guys would be fun able to, to watch. jump set and do all that yeah. if the rules yeah. relax a little. And bit if you just so. like, if you turn on TV and volleyball is on, and like you know somebody yeah. sets a ball and the play dies, like yeah. if, you know if you're not, kind of you haven't been around volleyball <laughs> at all, like you don't know what's going on. Yeah, you know now you're, I don't know what you're doing. Are you going to Google no. what the rules or actually, <laughs> probably not? Yeah, actually, yeah, so guy. since we're on, let's just have a fun moment. And Jeff, I'm wearing a Brooklyn Nets hat. I usually this. <laughs> Yeah, I'm wearing my Yankee hat today. This is different. It is my way of saying I'm done with the Knicks. But, you know, until Dolan sells the team. When Dolan sells the team, they could come see me, you know. But until then, let's see if we could reach Dave Carson. See if we can mess with him pick up. Surprise the hell out of him. Let's turn that up. <laughs> yeah. I'm just so impressed on how you have someone on your phone and i can hear it through my headphones yeah well that was the way he was gonna you were gonna hear his answers Uh, and this and that because normally like i tell my guests i'm like yeah i don't have to wear headphones if y'all don't want to okay i'm picking up we'll try him later we'll try him at the end of the podcast he's he's actually set helping setting up nets and net heights and stuff like that so and um maybe after the qualifier if he's if he's at the hotel near here i could i could get him on all right, guys. So, hey, let's go lightning. Um, not light, Yeah, lightning round. One minute questions. Let's one minute, whatever. We have round two, the NCAA. Let's talk a little bit. Something that's been out of our wheelhouse for quite some time. But I, I always keep an eye, eye on it. And my guess is so do you. NCAA um, has instituted 16 teams for the women's uh, beach volleyball playoffs for the big dance. So no longer eight teams. And I actually like that. Um, they have also, however, eliminated double elimination, which, which, oh, Let's see if we can hold that question. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We got someone. I accept this phone call. Dave, what's up, man? Hey, Jason. How you doing, man? Uh, Steadlines. One of the fun parts of this 
circus that we have to do. <laughs> well, I actually, I'm, I'm live broadcasting right now, and I got Doc Vandermeer in the room, and I got Jeff Samuels. And um, we uh, were talking about the institution of handsetting, and we wanted to so, know... Uh, for, for me, I need to be careful what I say. <laughs> <laughs> no. We, about the circus. Well, two things. Be careful. And two, I speak for the three of us when I say, we're going to turn them up. Oh, pick your, maybe pick your phone up. Better, oh, okay. Better service. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I speak for the three of us when I say that um, we're glad you're standing tall on this issue. <laughs> Can you hear him, Jeff? Yeah. All right. So my question, I have. We're gonna have one question a piece. My question um, is is about hands. Is hands an institute? Uh, like a lot of people said, FIVB has been a little bit more relaxed on hands. And do you see yourself like? Do we see the AVP going the same direction, or is this kind of an urban myth? That's my my question. Before I give you them, I I think I believe. I despise that. I think. I believe what we're doing here is we're staying probably a little more truer, uh, although we're still following some of the guidelines. Um, so I know FIVB is kind of moving it towards movement of the ball is not as big an issue as catching and throwing the ball. Got it. And... I believe that we're kind of following that uh, edict, but at the same time, um, it's very difficult for us, depending on our markets. Like hmm. if we go down to Florida, Texas, oh my God. Okay. That makes sense. Doc, got a question? This is uh, Doc Vandermeer. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, you got yeah, go any? Go Jeff. Go no, Jeff. yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of agree with that synopsis, and I feel like that is – I feel like that's the best way to go. I don't think we should totally go toward exactly what the FIVB is doing, but there are a lot of teams who have to play both or get the opportunity to play both tours, so they can't be completely different. And I feel like kind of sticking with our – culture here in uh the states um our our setting the way we the way we set the ball is is still very um acceptable and keeping that standard um i think the fivb is maybe just a, a bit too lax but i think also the avp uh has to uh they they, they have to kind of play both sides of the fence on on on, on this one kind of keeping some of that standard but also um giving the game the opportunity to grow um in the same direction that the rest of the world is because then it would kind of be unfair to the rest of the guys who are traveling around playing by different standards or different rules basically mm -hmm. so um i kind of like it i kind of like keeping it like the way it is the the kind of like a good happy medium um so i think it's i think it's going in the right direction yeah, I think part of that, Jeff, is we've got to also prepare teams for both tours. Yep, that's true. So for our AVP, we can't stay too strict like old school would like us to, to be um, because there's a lot of cross-playing right now between the World Tour and this. Yeah. So we have to come as close as we can in order to prepare our athletes from the USA uh, to be playing on the world tour and trying to line ourselves as much as possible and still not bastardize um, 
the game for the purist. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I think I was saying that. I just used a bunch yeah. more words to say. <laughs> I think I was saying the same thing. So, so Dave, in your opinion, what like what's the reason for uh, becoming more lax on the hand calls? Um, if you're looking at it from the world tour, I I believe the administration for the world tour has changed a little bit, mm-hmm. so that you have more influence from the indoor side um, from the top down. So that's having a big influence on how the game is being played. (laughs) Excuse me, being played on the beach. Even though a lot of your beach players are saying, eh, let's don't go too far. Um, Mm. It's also part of an entertainment value, I also believe. You take a look at what Miles Partain is doing on our tour, um, a la European style, what they like to see, and it's an entertainment value that man, you can't you can't manufacture that. It's fun to watch. It's exciting, and I I think we need a little bit more of that yeah. within our sport. For sure, but I mean, he also, I mean, I I wouldn't argue any of his hands. No, know, not I him. They're I think they're no, good. His hands are all good. But some I, of the guys in the world tour that jump set, I would argue some of well, theirs. Well, see, yes, yeah, and I agree with that. But but, but his are all what, all what Dave just said. <laughs> Well, what Dave just said is there are more more tall indoor guys coming out to the beach. So it sounds like they're trying to relax the hands so that these tall indoor guys, you know, say these these middles can come out and still have the option to handset, yeah. even if it does come out pretty ugly. I th- you know, and overall, I think that's just the direction the FIVB has been going for a, while. for a while. I mean, even yeah. from you know, I think we started the whole change from old school to new school was kind of because of them, and then wanting to kind of do smaller core rally scoring, bigger guys coming out and playing, and like just more offense, more power, more aggression type stuff. Yeah, and I think that's always been their kind of agenda. Which you know, I don't really play FIVB, so it doesn't really matter to me, but. I I think I think I don't know. I kind of like keeping some things kind of the same. You know, like I I think some of it goes too far. Some of like I said, some of the jump sets on the FIVB are awful. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, awful. Miles Partain is gnarly. His sets yeah, are magical. always yeah. are always looking really good. I don't I don't have anything. He to hasn't double there. hit since he was fifteen years yeah. old. <laughs> <laughs> that was the ball that Jeff since he played me at in Hermosa in twenty seventeen. I haven't seen him double a ball. <laughs> you know, part and and part of that is our job is to find that happy medium to um, try and make as many people as happy as possible within yeah. the entertainment value and within retaining um, some of the old school value and blending in some of the new school. Yeah. 100%. Well, so if that's the case, then when, when's the rule book going to get updated? Ooh. Yeah. Maybe the rule book stays the same and the refs <laughs> just follow it. Um, I, we're making some changes here and there. Yeah. Um, maybe not because uh, we basically follow USAV. Um, so we do a lot of, uh, interpretation with our administration, with mm-hmm. the people who lead us and some of us who are senior officials, we have our conversations and, um, then we bring that down the ladder and we talk to people and we try and steer them and guide them in what we feel is the proper path. Yep. That makes sense. So, 
Yeah. Whether or not we see it actually written, um, I don't know. But uh, we're, we're doing it verbally as much as possible. I can't believe I had the camera on myself when I did that. Um, so, Dave, I remember the last time we talked, you said check with your league, which made a lot of sense to me, right? Like the Pottstown Rumble had side out. They had, you know, they have a set of rules. FIVB has a set of rules. And I, and I really like that. But I also like that they're trying to do something universally um, accepted as volleyball. Um, last question before we leave. Uh, the AVP has had a, a, a bunch of good partnerships with some of these leagues on the regional scene, right? Pottstown Rumble, um, Wapaka, this and that. Has there been a challenging um, venture for the refs uh, to get in some of these these newer venues, like Atlantic City? Not newer venues, but like partnership venues. Coconut Beach, remember I was there last year? Um, challenging from what aspect? Just, um, just more assignments. Right. I mean, if the AVP just had a, an eight tour stop as a, as opposed to uh, partnershiping with these other people where the AVP are using their own refs and their own their own people was. So was were these assignments that you had anyway, that you guys had anyway before the partnerships or, or is it something um, not necessarily uh, did we have those assignments and some of those assignments are just us as lead officials being there. Right. in a partnership with the event itself. Got and it. you probably won't see us on any matches until maybe quarterfinals, semifinals, or finals. Okay. Um, it's more of a partnership between the AVP and those events themselves. Yep. Um, yeah, that's, that's where we're at. And as far as staffing it goes, we couldn't staff them. We're, we're in the same, same boat, boat as yeah. the rest of the world is. Uh, Staffing and finding officials is, Jesus, it's, uh, you know, we've lost 53,000 officials across the board mm. for the two years of the uh, pandemic in, in all sports. That's a lot of bodies missing. Yeah, um, and the average age of volleyball officials, if I remember correctly, is 53 years old. Um, we need some new blood. And, and of I'm course, 52 and no way in hell. <laughs> I've done it a couple of times. Uh, yeah. No, thank you. I, I would, I would love to have you out here and train you. <laughs> oh man, that'd be um, awesome. I'd be but, the worst uh, ref in the world. <laughs> Jeff no, said he'd be the worst what? ref in the world. <laughs> some people, players, some players make good coaches. Some don't. Yeah. Some players make good officials. Hey, some don't. Chuck Daly will always be a better coach than Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> Jeff well, Van Gundy will always be a better coach than Derek Fisher. Okay, right? And those are the guys that didn't even play the sport. So, <laughs> no, I totally and get it, that. And I think, Jason, it all goes back to our original discussion we had, and I think that was, what, episode nine? Yeah, episode um, nine, dude. We're on 147. Wow. I know. That was quite a while ago, yeah. um, which you. was we're part of the entertainment, and you don't come. Nobody comes to watch us blow our whistle, plain <laughs> and simple. So whatever we can do to facilitate that match to be decided by the players on the court within the guidelines and the rules, that's what we're trying to do. And however it moves forward from FIVB, AVP, USAV, we'll all, and you guys as players, we are all working together on this. Yep. Um, that's my opinion. I love to talk with players after matches or after events. Or, um, I've got a couple questions he does, guys. <laughs> for, some, for some players that I'm going to see from Atlanta that I want to ask them about. Um, I love, uh, when I said to you, I'd love to have this format in a longer um, scheduled time where we actually could maybe even sit in the same room and have two or three players and two or three officials 
and have a hell of a dialogue. We never do that. No. Um, that would be very interesting, I think. Please for your, be the first. Uh, your, there you go, Jason. You <laughs> pleases me. Hey, I got a nice house. This room gets a little hot, but I think I, I think I could definitely arrange it. But I, I like your assertion because uh, there are fewer referees. You have to keep the rules more simpler for the players that have to ref, right? You got these players like, oh, I didn't open hand. I hardened my hand or some bullshit, right? So, like, I'll give you another example. CBVA wrote into their rules, you cannot receive serve with with, uh, with an overhead, overhead set. The, and, and the actual, and the actual yeah. rules, that is not illegal. It's perfectly well, legal. Directional just, blocking, I believe, just, is illegal right. in CBVA as well. well. Oh, well they, they actually changed that oh, two, two years ago during, oh, they did. during COVID. Oh. Yeah. But I really like, hey, we're not having no discussions if that's clean or not. We're just, <laughs> I got right. players reffing. Uh, you know, we ain't got all day. We, we don't have nightlights. <laughs> you know, we ain't got all day to argue about calls. Just got rid of it. So to, their, to your credit, I like what you said about check with your league. Exactly, yeah. because you don't know, yeah. um, and it's and I, like I said, two of the toughest markets for us to go to, AVP or anything is Florida and Texas. Yeah, I was oh gonna say, God, it would, yeah. and Colorado has got to be up there because Skylar Del Sol's ruined it for everyone. Because his hands are too good. <laughs> <laughs> right, if this is the gold standard, yeah, he's we're the all standard there. Texas is always. Absolutely brutal, and then Florida. With the, I live there now, so yeah. don't hate me, Florida. But with your lifts, everybody lifts it in Florida, yeah. so they think it has to be lifted and just come out perfect. But yeah, mm-hmm. Florida's a tough one. I heard someone from the Pottstown Rumble. The first time someone puts up his hands, just call hands, even if it's good, just call hands. He said, "He said, dude, that's what I'm gonna do." But I'm not gonna tell his name. Hey, Dave, we're taking up too much of your time, man. We're gonna finish some of these lightning rounds, and we appreciate the time you took out of your busy schedule, brother. And I'll see you hey. tomorrow at the qualifier and Friday for the draw. Absolutely. Uh, I love it. I appreciate you taking the time to ask us because we really don't get um, the opportunity that often from the officiating side to sit down and really um, explain and talk about some things. And I still, I would love it if we can find some time to get us all together in a room um, and, and try and do that at some point. I could do it. You guys bring lunch. You bring, <laughs> I, could, I could be bribed. I could be blackmailed. Just ooh, bring me some ooh. food. Any, anything but pizza, because uh, the pizza here is garbage. But go ahead. <laughs> we'll ship it all the way from New York. Ooh, and I'll bring some oh, lobsters. Come on, I'll bring Dave. some lobsters from Maine. I'll go out on my boat, and I'll get some lobsters. And I'll bring some lobsters, and we'll get a gigantic bottle of whatever liquor we need. And uh, yeah. it might be interesting. Yeah, look, Mark Fornicari did the right thing. There's a big bottle behind Dave Vendermeer. <laughs> he came in, and we went, we went two hours and 25 minutes hard. Anyway, Dave, thank you so much. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, thanks, Dave. See you this weekend. See you guys tomorrow. Yep, see you tomorrow. Bye. Hey. All right. Hey, guys, thanks for making that happen. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> where were, now, where were we? NCAA, right? It's NCAA. Yeah. That's NCAA right. has 16 teams. 16 teams, and it is now a um, single elimination instead of double elimination. Uh, with your permission, I'd like to lead the dance on this with, the, with mm-hmm. the 60 seconds. Yep. And I will say it like this. The question as to what's thumbs up and thumbs down in both of those categories um, boom, here we go. I like thumbs up. I like 16 teams. I, I thought it was kind of way overdue as they started making more teams regardless of what division they played in, right? They're all playing in one division until there are more teams where they can actually have divisions. The Midwest has come out strong. TCU, Hector's always had a good powerhouse. Florida State consistent. Uh, uh, Florida International. I mean, not just this isn't just the West Coast vibe, even though that's what you see in the absolute finals. Uh, I had the pleasure of working with John Merritt, LMU, right? Um, they made a semifinals one year. So with that being said, thumbs up to the 16 teams. Thumbs down 
to single elimination, single elimination. I think the AVP and some of these tour stops have shown that you can do double elimination in a three-day period, which, by the way, is what the NCAA is in the first place. It's a three-day period. Just just do that until until you get to 32 teams. And then beyond 32 teams, one-off, single elimination, bye, see ya. You should have been ready, okay? But but um, from my own opinion, and all, I'm, man, you guys are chomping at the bit. I'm going to give y'all a minute apiece, but I want my horn to honk. Ah, there it is. And... Go dog. Jock Van Demir. Uh, we should have asked Dave about uh, like the refereeing situation, too. Could they have run that over, you know... A double elimination with refs. Um, I, I would say thumbs up because with uh, 16 uh, t- what teams, yeah, 16 teams, there's more opportunities for more schools to win a national championship, mm-hmm. which is only going to improve the level of beach volleyball, I think. When you've got more schools that um, can actually vie for these national championships, it's just going to increase the, the level of play. Um, so thumbs up. Thumbs down. Um, yeah, I don't know if I don't know how feasible it would be to do a double elimination because I mean you're running what there's uh, five matches at a time. <laughs> five courts, right? though. Five they, courts, can, they can actually do all five courts at the same with, time. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I don't know. You're right. Yeah, that is um, five matches. A lot of yeah, uh, that's I, a lot, and, and that's a lot more money. Because they were doing too, three right? and two before, yeah. right? So you could see more matches. Yeah. So people could see more matches. So they I were think doing two I and think three. eventually they could go that way. You know, depending on how if they're able to get more sponsors and mm-hmm. uh, if schools are able to contribute more money to the actual tournament. Nice. You know, excuse me, man. That was the good... horn. It's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's at a good. I think it's at a good, <laughs> yeah, a good spot. You can, and they can keep going up from here. So that's cool. Definitely. I agree with that, Jay. Yeah. So I agree. Thumbs up on the 16 teams. That's awesome. More opportunities for. Uh, these girls to get out there and not only just like, you know, to win a national championship but just say like it's your freshman year and then you, you get that chance maybe over and over again. So that's good mm-hmm. opportunity experience for them. Um, that's a thumbs up. Thumbs down to um, single elimination only because I want them to have more opportunities. But at the same right. time, the one thing we as volleyball players are forgetting even at our level AVP about rule changes or how the qualifiers are done and all this stuff is that every bit of this is a freaking privilege and just to be able to play um, AVP or travel around and play qualifiers or to be able to play college beach volleyball is totally a privilege we didn't even have this uh, you know 10 years ago I don't know how long beach volleyball has been in college exactly but we didn't even have it 10 years ago so yeah. it's awesome that mm-hmm. they're at least playing around and tweaking things and trying to figure out a best format yeah. um, but I will say a lot of the parents and kids were a little bit disappointed uh, with the last couple of years or whatever it was because a lot more teams didn't get an opportunity yeah. to go to the national championship you, I had a team so. look my first year with John Mayer Todd Rogers, uh, Cal Poly, and Long, uh, Mike Campbell at Long Beach State. I think they were twenty-four and five, and like twenty-six and four, and neither team made it to the NCAA's that year. It was that was insane. Yeah. And I think, and of course, we'll all spell over here. I think the way they can do it, you can have five conference champions, right? Like South Florida, whatever. The West can have uh, uh, the yeah, like Texas, that division, like TCU and Louisiana, they could have their division. California already has three divisions, right? The WCC, the Big West. Yeah. The Big West is Cal Poly, Long Beach State, and Hawaii. Um, WCC is uh, Pepperdine. Um, St. Mary's is, is coming up, and LMU. And then, of course, the PAC, uh, more, team, more teams that we can mention. But, uh, yeah. but it's kind of been a two-horse race between USA yeah. and UCLA. I'd like to change my thumbs down. 
So I'm just going to say, you know, be a little cheeky here. There's no tournament yet for men's collegiate volleyball. And that's why. And if they said today and we were still in college, hey, oh, you guys man. can go 16 teams, but it's single elimination, we would not give it up. We wouldn't care. <laughs> we oh, wouldn't man, you know what? I it. changed my mind, too. <laughs> we would not care. I mean, guys. The infrastructure is already there. Take a look you know? at in, indoor men's. Right now, there's only seven teams invited. Yeah. And that's single elimination. Yeah. Oh, really? Seven yeah. teams. Yeah. What a random number. Yeah. Why not eight? Seven Why teams. seven? Yeah, seven teams. <laughs> I don't know. So my boy Sam Schweitzky from Princeton can get in the dance. They they, <laughs> they, they, they won the EIV. Yeah, that's, that's, right. that's right. Big up, big shout out, Sam Schweitzky, wherever you are. Sam Schweitzky played at Hunter High School while I was a volleyball coach and now he's a head coach at Princeton. So nice. Small world for everybody, baby. Yep. Next lightning round. Mm, as of last year, boys, the freeze. The scoring freeze is no more. Uh, what is one thing you will miss about the scoring freeze <clears throat> and or one thing you will not miss about the scoring oh, yeah. freeze? Oh, yeah, now, this. for you as players, <laughs> I have to punt it to you. I am not an active player. I will shut up as much as I can because I am dying to hear some of the things you will miss or not miss because this is, this is just fun conversation. Jeff, you go first. Oh, I'm up. I'm up to that. Um, yeah, I kind of... I... I kind of miss the freeze. I feel like it's really good for the fans and also some players. I, I've had it benefit me more than it's hurt me. Um, you know, a lot of people remember me and Brunsting playing the Partains first round. It's 14-11. Hermosa, 14-11, coming back and winning that one. Um, and then, But my first time ever qualifying was the first time they ever had the freeze. Um, first tournament ever, me and Dylan Mark were down 10 to 14 in the third set i think it was like the round to get in or something and and we ended up coming back and winning that one first tournament ever having the freeze in chicago so it's always had a good spot in my heart some people hate it you know some people don't even want to play because of it but i feel like it's good for the sport having that chance to actually come back even though it's you know 13 10 or whatever it may be like having the fans stick around and actually you know hang out for that opportunity for a comeback nice doc yeah uh good points um so one thing i'll miss about the freeze is is that you know being down you know potentially at that point we're going to lose you know one side out away from losing and uh, having that opportunity to to earn my way back into the match and potentially win that um one thing i will not miss about the freeze (laughs) is uh being being uh being at you know uh, just one point away from winning the match, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then the yeah. team that you're playing battling back and coming, coming back and beating start you. sweating as soon as you hear free the freeze. Uh-huh. Is like, yep, uh, you're like, oh man, uh. <laughs> it's like a mad dash to the freeze. Like let's let's get as big of a gap as we possibly can beforehand because we know this. Team, as soon as we hit 20 or 14, like that team is just gonna they're gonna find a new level of energy and and play like they haven't played all match. Yeah. Jesus, uh, guys. As we count down to seven, <laughs> six. I think five. it's. I mean, I think it's fun uh, for the the fans too. I mean, yeah, and that's you know, like it's, it's like everybody decides. It's yeah. like the teams finally decide to like actually start playing really hard volleyball. Well, it's well, you it's. Know? It, I think for me, when I've been down, when the freeze comes up, it's like that nothing to lose <laughs> mm-hmm. feeling, right. yeah, and the pressure and all that other stuff. 
starts to melt away. So it's kind of like that point where, well, okay, we got one. You know, ain't nothing to lose now. Let's mm-hmm. throw everything out the right. window. So yeah, let's start ripping jump serves. Yeah, see what yeah, right. Nothing yeah. to lose. I can't. I can miss my jump serve and still keep going. Yep. So yeah. <laughs> you know what? Being in a room. All right, my turn. But being in a room with two guys who are active players right now who are playing as early as tomorrow and Friday, I've never been in this situation where I felt like my opinion meant something and at the same time didn't mean shit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my opinion means absolutely nothing to these guys who are actually on the court playing that and i humbly say that but with that being said the one thing i'm gonna miss about the freeze is like you said there it it is a grind and it does allow someone to come back um but i don't i i will not miss the freeze more than i will because it i mean there is a guy that got to 20 i got to match point to begin with right Right. he had to get real points to get there to begin with um i also didn't miss the freeze because we were the only sports league doing it and every other league wasn't doing it uh to the avp credit i did like that they eliminated the freeze from the qualifier because there is a time constraints there i mean you're already doing a two-day qualifier and it's still getting dark so mm-hmm. big up to the avp for finding a way to make it happen and thankfully as my horn and my timing's perfect that you got rid of it <laughs> time is everything boys <laughs> um all right hey next question the avp has done an absolutely fantastic job coming back to venues that miss the AVP dearly. Michigan, Denver, Florida. I can go on. Now, with that being said, what is one of one venue the AVP has not gone to the last two seasons in which they should keep in mind and perhaps come back to? Um, I'll go first on this one since the camera's on me and since I'm a prisoner of the moment. I don't care if New York's too expensive. Go, oh, go back oh, to New we York. We all hate it. Yeah, go I back hate to it. New York. I there's absolutely not a, hate there's, it. There's, there's. <laughs> <laughs> I hate everything. I got y'all. Got to deal with me for forty-five seconds. Zip it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's sorry. my turn. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> New York City is a difficult venue to get hotels. It is a difficult venue, and it is a hot uh, time of the year. The sand's hot, uh, but as far as the fan base, I rival that with Chicago. And Seattle, you got the Dominicans uptown, right? You got the 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 Koreans in Flushing, the rice, the Russians in Brighton Beach, the Polish guys in South Brooklyn, the Jamaicans and and West Indian dudes on Flatbush Avenue. All of them getting together, buck buck buck, to see some beach volleyball when <laughs> indoor and grass dominates their lives. They know it is an absolute privilege and honor to come out there and watch the best of the best beat the hell out of each other on the hottest sand in the hottest time of the year. Make mine New York City. <clears throat> Doc Vandermeer, the floor is yours. All right. Um, let's see. Well, I love to see the AVP go back to Grand Haven. I think that's just a beautiful mm-hmm. venue. The sand is probably perfect. Where? Grand, Grand Haven? Haven. Grand Haven, Michigan. It's the oh, best spot. Yes. Yeah. They got the best sand at got, any, t- any oh, beach yeah. we go to. Oh, the yeah. The best sand at any beach we go to. It's Hands down. Not even close. I'll let you go yeah, ahead. Sorry. I'll let you talk. My bad. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Grand Haven, Michigan. Uh, I think it's just a, a wonderful area. It's, it's true. beautiful. The sand is fantastic. I mean, there's a huge fan base there, just massive. Uh, and I'd say uh, Santa Cruz. I just think it's a really neat place. I used to, I loved uh, playing up there when I when I lived up in uh, up in that area. Um, the huge volleyball community up there as well. Um, that would be very supportive of the AVP coming. Uh, the only issue is like the sand isn't that great, but you know I think that could be overlooked for, um, for just how big I think that stop would be. 
Yeah, that that would be amazing. Um, no no coincidence that both of the guys in the room happen to be from Michigan. Where's my camera? Well, that's the only reason how we know that yeah. that beach is fire. Like Muskegon oh would have been absolutely amazing had the weather been a little bit better. If they would have held it a week later, which yeah. which yeah. typically it's not bad there in the summer ever. We no. just caught it on a cold week somehow. Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, Jeff, this is your minute. Let's do it. Okay, so I'm gonna give a big thumbs down in New York City. Not only is it really hard to get to and it's really expensive, but like flights are crappy going in there sometimes and you get canceled. I had to like yeah, I heard that flight got delayed till like really early in the morning. I had to go straight to the tournament and sleep on a park bench for like three hours until my my qualifier started. So that was absolutely horrible. I got a big thumbs up for Grand Haven. It's the best place, even better than beautiful. Muskegon. Muskegon is beautiful normally. And then one place I would like to see him go back to is actually Bradford Beach because it, it, that's oh, yeah. a nice place a great venue unfortunately i think like there's management issues or something going on with price or something uh mikey i know you if you still own bradford beach you need to bring the price down for us um and then also dude can we get some hot winter nights back or is that too much to ask florida I mean, are we talking about no the indoor tour oh, yes. they had back in the day even if we only do four or five tournaments kind of keeps everybody involved and like, I mean, uh, I'm sure we could talk to cities on, like, some sort like of... Like, Progression. Have yeah. You, have you seen Progression's facility? No. What's, they could They could do Progression Beach Volleyball. That's that's um, Brian McDermott. Yeah. Um, he has three three be- indoor beach courts. That, I mean... Chelsea Piers in New York. We went to Van Elden, or, or, the, or maybe they didn't do that. Maybe that was just something Steve-O did. But small venues like that, where they're not too huge, and we're not trying to sell out Madison Square Gardens... Yeah, but we could do a place like the Forum or something like that. You know, like, something mm-hmm. that's not crazy expensive but you know try to keep everyone involved throughout the winter yeah i think that would be i really i like that idea new york long island city they just built an indoor beach facility i gotta check with my boy kevin edwards set for the trinidad national team he's heading up like juniors programs and i think it's three indoor courts that new yorkers can play yeah. In the winter. Come on, um, Bally's. You got this. Yes. I would love to go back to New York. It's awesome. So but when Bally's just, puts us on salary next yeah. year. Everything you said about New York, forget, <laughs> like traveling and it's flights tough, and man. just. I get it. Yeah, I, I mean, tough. sometimes I, I want to go home and I don't want and then I don't want to go home. I love I, seeing I my friends there and we go out and experience the culture there and all that. But just like getting to those tournaments. The hotels, the flights are, that's normally one of the most expensive ones. Progression's um, too it, It's just like too much on us. And I think they kind of realize that. I'm not sure why they X that one out, but I'm sure they kind of realized it was like just really hard for us mm. to get to. Yep. Um, Dylan Cox checking in with us at Progression Beach is uh, two courts, not three. So, okay. Thanks. 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 Thanks, for the, Dylan. Thanks for the in. Why don't you go train for Motherload, buddy? Because we yeah. got to get the dub here and this year. So, Dan Vandermeer Sr. said he'll bring the donuts. Oh, yeah. For, for that, that ref meeting. For that comp- <laughs> yeah. I'll, I will. I'll sit here, dude. This is all I do for a living. I coach, uh, I commentate, I dump theater performing when I moved out here because I was trying to stretch thin, trying to do both. Mm-hmm. And I came here to do this. So when you ask, like the movie 300, Spartans, what do we do for a living? Ha-oo, oh. ha-oo, ha-oo. <laughs> when, when he says that he'll bring the donuts, guess who's making those donuts? Ah! <laughs> yeah, that, that's guy. me. That's me. I'm I'll making look, those donuts. I've been to the shop before. <laughs> I'm looking at Doc and I'm saying, time to make the donuts. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm giving away yep. my age. Time to, time to make the donuts. So let's do a one-minute lightning round where we get a whole bunch of questions inside 60 seconds. And because you guys are my guests, I will not answer any of these. These are just for the two of you, okay? 
Cool. Um, so let's start the 60 seconds. And you don't, these are not questions you have to think of. Just first thing that came to your mind. If you want to rinse and repair at the end, then do that. Let's just get as many in as, as we can. Ready? You ready, guys? All right. Best conditioned partner you play with. Go. Talk. Me? Best conditioned partner I've ever played with. I don't know. This guy right First here. First one that came to <laughs> mind. Jeff. Jeff. He's pretty, yeah, he's pretty conditioned. Jeff? Dude. Would Casey, you say? Casey Jennings. He's by far. Yeah. He killed everyone in conditioning. This guy was, I don't know how old he is a few years ago, but insane. The partner that brought the most drama, good or bad. Rafi Paulus, hands down. I'd say maybe I'm that partner. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that about myself. Freeze, freeze or no freeze? Freeze. Freeze. Uh, uh, pool or beach? Beach. Beach for sure. Let's go Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter. <clears throat> I've only ever seen Harry Potter, so I have to go with that. Oh, no. Do I have uh, to? Should I watch Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Rings is fantastic, uh, man. All right, all right, oh, the Christian Jason, parallels Jason that are built night. into that. I'll go Lord of the Rings oh. if, I, if I had to answer in on this one. What's yours? Lord of the Rings. Okay, yeah. I have um, to watch it then. Favorite Marvel movie? Also, never seen one. Uh, Wait, is that is that Iron Man? Is he Marvel? Yeah. Oh, then I've seen. I'll that. go Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen that too. That's yeah. good. Yes. Yeah, I go with that. I go Avengers. Nice. I go Infinity Wars. Uh, the favorite venue that popped up in your head right now? You, you guys still, Grand, still it's got a, a Michigan mind? Yeah. Grand Haven. Wild. A lot of good memories there. Yeah. All right. What's with, worse? With this guy. Yeah. What's worse, a girlfriend breakup or volleyball breakup? That's the AVP question. The same, same. It's almost the same. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that was a tough one. That's a really good question. I need to ask that one. That's that is a great story question. Here later on. Oh, man. Um, who's the best defender in the world? You and me talked about this, Jeff. I mean, I, even though he's underrated in the shadow of Mole, Sorum is really good still. Like, maybe the best guy in the world. I would think. I, I don't know. Who's that Brazilian guy, Bruno Schmidt? Oh, Oscar. Yeah. Bruno's really good. Yeah. But this defender, even, even this defender now, are we just talking just about so how good. many digs and touches he gets? Or like the whole, like, oh, he digs, sides out, and like everything. Oh, the fucking minute's up, so we could elaborate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Mole Storm, like, if you've got a blocker that's seven feet tall, you're going to get a dude, lot of touches. But he gets served every ball most of the time. And yeah. even, when you get, even when you get a dig, you, you got to put the ball away. And he just doesn't mess. He doesn't, he don't miss, man. He doesn't miss. He's good. Like people try to pick on him all the time. If you pick on Bruno, he's gonna have some issues at this stage yeah. in his yeah. life. I like that Bruno can get to every ball in like point eight nine seconds. Yeah, he's like, so. I don't. He, the way he moves. Okay, okay. That's crazy. But, but you have to say the same thing about Sorum. He don't go to every ball. He just be standing in the right spot all the time. And his blocker is the same size as everybody else's blocker, if not smaller. It's a great debate among two people who won an Olympic gold medal well, too, right? The Rio, Rio and Japan, Tokyo. Who's the right? best ever or who's the best right now? No, best right now. I go Ahmed. It's, it's I mean, I'm going, right I'm veering now. away from you guys. Uh, Sharif's partner, Ahmed. He's the really guy's good. a complete package. He's a digging machine. He is really good. And every time he gets a dig, he, you're not thinking, shoot. You're on the edge of your seat because you know he's going to blow someone the F up. Yeah. He's not doing yeah, shots. He, really. he, um, and you, like you said, someone who's <clears throat> flying under the radar, you mentioned yeah. um, Sorum flying under the radar of Maul, and, and yours is just this longevity type guy who's always in the semifinals or finals, winning and losing. Always, And you know, excuse the shit out of him for, for not winning all the time. So right. I, I really <laughs> love our three picks. Um, without talking about, I'm going to skip the question on male American beach volleyball player. All right. Well, who's the, all right, who's the best male American beach volleyball player right now? See, I was gonna go women, but y'all. <laughs> no, I'm good. I, mean, I thought I was just being courteous. 
Oh, go ahead, Jeff. I was going to let you go, go first. Aside you from go myself first. and Doc. Oh, I'll go first? Yeah. Here. Oh, go for it. Oh, go the, for it. The best American male player right now is um, Stolfell. <laughs> no, I'll go. That's, that's, yeah. that's where I was, I was going. Yeah. yeah. I just, yeah, still, still. The guy him, even ro- rolls doing... out of bed, rolls off the couch, wants to play back row defense behind Andy Banesh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hey, you still wearing that NASCAR suit full of sponsors, KC Patterson? <laughs> yeah. Come play some ball with me. Yeah. John Sutton gave me a car. Yeah. Come to the draw. <laughs> yeah. Even now, and I, I, I actually shamed the men's division because of this, and I, I totally glossed over the fact that this man is still great. And he's won he's, three this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the way he plays. No, but the way he plays is sustainable. Yeah. yeah. His block, he's not time. doing 100% no. jump. He's not mm-hmm. taxing himself. And that's no. the thing these, about these it. These moves will cost him nothing. Yeah. And I would have probably had a little bit of question, a little bit of doubt, even though he probably still would have been, in my mind, the best player last year, last few years. Uh-huh. But after this year, where he's just, oh, I'm going to show up with Andy, we're going to win. And, you know, go play with Casey, we're going to win. Like, he is hands down the best player the best player yeah, yeah he can win it. with anybody yeah. if he decides yeah. he wants to win then he's yeah. gonna win but yeah yeah <laughs> and, and he's not even using all of his t- like he's not like blasting jump surfing. no right he that's what i meant really about energy efficiency mm-hmm. yeah he's just like i'm gonna float this in and go play defense now yeah. <laughs> go damn play. and i got an ace on the floater like, cool yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. I, I got the ace anyway yeah. <laughs> I, I i like that can thing. we can we like highlight can we do a do a highlight no can we do like a let's x fill out but like who would maybe be like without Phil the best beach volleyball player in in America? Uh, I, th- I think for um, right now I go for men. I go um, the first one that came into my mind and I'm wrong. Kane Shaw. Kane. That was gonna be mine. That was gonna be my. Other I guess one. I'm a f- fucking thief. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. You're right. J Sam. Kane is probably and I, but I was gonna ask is Kane technically our American beach even though he's playing for our right. federation? Yeah. Still a freaking who, Canadian. Who would you go with <laughs> outside of Phil? I like, dude. I mean, people laugh at me when I talk about how good Theo Brunner is. But when Theo, when Theo was one. not hurt, I know all you guys play hurt. There's no such thing as coming to a tournament 100, percent right? That's the reality of an athlete, of an elite athlete. Yeah. But when that dude's not seriously hurt, wow, it's hard to take Theo for his complete value because it just looks easy <laughs> to him. Like it doesn't look like he's like any effort. Like he's just like I'm out here. Like I when I know he puts in ton of effort ton of work you don't you don't get there without that but it's just like kind of he's a came's another one where it's just like yeah. yeah things don't look too hard for him so it's like hard for like you're like oh taylor crab's the best although taylor's freaking great like there's other guys who are really good they just don't have they're just like you know the six two guys it looks like we're putting in a lot of effort so yeah i do like trevor yeah. too trevor's I, when you look another solid pound. that's another one who's like you, really you never solid. call this dude an undersized blocker why yeah. because he's big at the net <laughs> yeah you know i'm yeah. actually i'm a bit of a fan i would say that. yeah i mean I'm you not, have to I mean, that's rare if I'm you not, love volleyball you got to be a fan of the yeah. guys who are well i'm more of a fan of the sport but i do yeah. have my, my exceptions to trevor's one of them trevor yeah. baranic you can't really baranic and um um theo and i would also say right now is a is a point in time where it's never been as competitive in my in my time in volleyball, because it's always been Phil and whoever he's playing with, and that's just it, you know. And then this year, it's been last year, You're you know, right. it's been like where anybody can almost win, and there are a lot of good teams, you know, Try and Trevor. Um, you, you got 
Taylor and Taylor, who are still really good. Uh, Kame and Theo are really good. You know, whoever Phil is playing with is really good. And there was one more. But, yeah, there. I mean, it's it's really competitive right now. So I really like your pick. And, Doc, you kind of agree with him on that? Like, it's, there is this kind of um, uh, closing of the gap. Yeah, you know where 100%. back then you won't. I mean, yeah, maybe when Phil's in a just, wheelchair, we'll yeah. like have. A, yeah, <laughs> Phil's out there with a walker, yeah, yeah. <laughs> playing defense, chasing balls down from the wheelchair, trying to block with one hand. And yeah, the other and shit like that. I, I really like that. Um, my favorite female is um, well, best. We're gonna get best female defender in the world. In fact, let me do that first before I talk about my favorites. Shame on me. Um, who's the best American beach female player? Mm. I mean, <laughs> can I start so, with can I start with just the killer came on the top of my head? Sure. As far as killers in the game, the girl that that has this look like if you serve me, I'm gonna f you up. Sponsor. You haven't seen no sponsors has that, but she ain't got that. Okay. I'm talking about like Misty May, the the girl that makes mm -hmm. you sorry you ever served her. I get that from Betsy Flint, and I get that from Kristen Nuss. I was gonna. So say, as far yeah. as like my two killers in the game, yeah. Betsy has that. I mean, not playing her best volleyball right now. I mean, she got aced a bunch of times in the final. She won. She won. They won Hamburg. Yeah. Her and Kelly won Hamburg. Yeah. But I only get that. I mean, you do get aggressiveness from Sponsor and Sarah Hughes or whatever. But that that junk, that rough rider, that mean, nasty dog, like dude with long hair, I get from Kristen Nuss and Betsy Flint. Yeah. But it's, with that being said. The best female player on the tour? That's open too, huh? Yeah. It's open I'd say too. very open. And, yeah. Go ahead, Jeff, please. I was going to say it's you kind of the same thing. You got camera one right now, dude. <laughs> kind, of, kind of the same thing as the men's right now where it's really hard to pick because we have so many different teams winning mm -hmm. events. So it's, it's really hard for me to say, but I would, if I had to lean toward an all-around best player dang that's really hard man. right Doc, Doc? You, got, you got anything yeah well i would say i mean i think some of the best players that we have on tour right now you know they graduated from college within the last three to five yes. years yeah. and as a free coaching <laughs> right but i mean with more opportunities via the ncaa um man i think in like five years I think the female side is just going to be ridiculous. It I already is. It, I mean, it already is. Yeah. But I th like right now, I feel like we've probably got like you know five, six teams I could win at any time. Yeah. I feel like in five years we're going to have thirty-two teams I could win at any time. Look at this year alone. How many tournaments were won by girls who were one year removed from mm -hmm. college? Yeah. Or still in college. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Kristen Nuss and Taryn Cloth, they graduated in two thousand twenty-one. They won the first tournament this year. They won Atlanta from the qualifier, no less, last That's year, right? right? Last year. Australia got the last spot in the FIVB with no points, tried their luck, made it to the draw, won, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and they're just, uh, Tina Gardina just graduated uh, last year, 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she won with Haley Harwood, who just graduated 2021. Skulls, who just graduated 2021, won with Junior yeah. Orlando. Mm -hmm. You know, vet, good for her, right? Hey, big up. Let's let's two class. Haley's always gonna get my pick because she's just yes. like the coolest person ever. Yeah. So she's always my pick for best women's volleyball player. Yeah. But she's definitely she's the person you want your son to date, but not your daughter to but, fight. That girl is <laughs> jacked. You are right. There's so many good girls coming out of college that it's tough. I just went and watched my friends play a CBVA, and they're like 24, 25, and they got beat by like some college girls. Then they were like, "Oh, these girls were what, what they, they're 16 years old," and it was so disappointing that they beat us and i was like 
the 14 and 13 year old girls that are going to college that, that I coached at the, at uh endless summer could probably be you guys yeah. just cause they yeah. get yes. so much coaching. Yeah. I mean like, it, like for the middle of the road qualifier girls, um, like that are in the quality mm-hmm. at this days at this stage you have no chance with these girls that are coming out of college to just get right. top level coaching mm-hmm. almost year round yeah. so i mean like and, and doc don't you think the the biggest warning sign was 2019 like in 2019 you had craft and maple at 16 years old whatever make the quarterfinals chrissy jones and muno make the semifinals uh, um katie hogan you know she made a finals up uh, um, which some would call an overachievement but finals is finals you know relax um didn't we see the warning signs, at least from the women scene, that the NCAA, yeah. these girls yeah. who are getting 12 yeah. months out of the year coaching. Maybe I'm glad yeah. we don't a, have a gym, right? A free gym, a place to live. in college yeah. might like, be a good thing for me the, right now. That's the thing, though. I mean, the on the women's side, it goes so deep. There are 14-year-old girls. It's deep. I mean that could that could just smash. We, Jeff, right? smash. we were coaching just them. Smash. I, I, I try to tell these girls that all the time. We yeah. were coaching them in 2017. Yeah. So those, I mean, these girls are out there now. We're, yeah. I mean, we're going to have so many women's teams just dominating the AVP, dominating uh, international volleyball. It's going to be ridiculous. I think the disparity between uh, women's beach volleyball and men's beach volleyball is almost True. embarrassing. Yeah, the skill you can <laughs> the see skill the skill level. The, yeah, the the the, the sponsors coming out of college a few years ago hand setting better than the guys mm-hmm. who yeah. like literally hand setting better than the guys not a like compared like she's she could be in that conversation for best hands today yeah right Maybe, skylar yeah. Dolso, rafu rodriguez very ignored yeah. um oh rafu yeah I don't know that oh yeah, yeah. Um, this man here doc <laughs> right. this yeah. man here right yeah. doesn't have any doesn't cut any corners when he sets no. you know um i actually said that on the film i was film in practice i do don't cut corners um, so as far as me being a fan of certain female players, I'm a fan of Chrissy Jones, who's not even playing no more. This team TK, TKN, because what you see off the court, um, that behavior, and you know I'm 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 a kind of a hater, hater Jay, and so I but I, but I, but I do recognize what's real and what's not. That's real. That niceness is yeah. there's look there's yeah, politeness but there's niceness that comes from this genuine place i get that every time i talk to kristen nelson mm-hmm. and taryn Clough. yeah a uh, chrissy jones class personified the type of girl that walks into a room and like men get up and she's like no no it's okay like one of those black and white film actresses you know it's like when men said no no you don't have to stand up sorry yeah I remember remember the story i told you about shunderwood did i tell you about shunderwood who that's Chrissy Jones' new name. I'm in Atlantic City, and I'm gonna share this story before we fin- before we wrap up or do it because uh, I wanted to talk about you um, with Atlanta. At, what's his name? Josh Glazebrook, right? Yeah. That's Comes up to me right 45 seconds before the match start. I'm calling court one, and he's like, "She's got to go by her new name. She's not Jones anymore." And I'm like, "What's her new name?" He goes, "Shunderward." Hmm. And I go, "She got married." I said, "Say that again." Yeah, he what? goes. Shunderword. And I said, Do you know how to spell it? And he goes, Nope. <laughs> and I said, Shunderword. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what's the, the reason for the name change? She was married. Um, oh, she's married to I a Marine. It like a really? she's name. married to yeah, a, it did. She's married to a Marine who at the time was serving in Afghanistan. And um, to honor him, she, she wanted to go by under, under her name. Um, and I, she left the scene uh, allegedly, or not allegedly, but I believe because 
her husband came back healthy, 100% healthy, but hurt, injured his neck in a field training exercise. Mm. One of these things that, you know, Marines kind of do for practice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and I think she's kind of just hanging with him now a little bit. So yeah. that's why we haven't seen her that much on the scene. Well, but we're, we're thankful for uh, him, yeah. him serving. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Chrissy Shunderward or Jones. Yeah, thank you for your service and thank you for ser- serving serving me as one yeah. of your, one of your biggest fans. Came on the podcast again, just class personified. And that, I wanted to caveat like who I was a fan of because yeah. yeah. I'm already a fan of you two, mother <laughs> mofos. Um, Doc, be podcast malpractice. <clears throat> I want to talk about Atlanta last year. Um, the day be- as you were coming into the qualifier and you and Mike were preparing, was there? And Jeff, jump in at any time, okay? Was there a good feeling uh, um, psychologically or emotionally like when you were coming into the qualifier based on maybe just some of your practices and the connection that you were like, I think something really good is going to happen tomorrow? Um, man, that's a tough question. You know, um, I don't know. I just, I just try to give it my all no matter what. Um, I try to get my priorities straight before playing, you know, try to uh, focus on having a good attitude, uh, just being thankful uh, to God for the opportunity to even be able to play volleyball. Uh, So I've tried to change my mindset a lot over the last couple of years. Um, Being able to play volleyball is such a privilege uh, and it's such a blessing. So uh, going into that tournament, I was just, I was just stoked to get to play volleyball. Um, I wasn't sure that was only like my second tournament of the year. Um, and I did after my first one, I didn't know what was going to happen, but before my first one, I didn't know what was going to happen. I don't know if I'd be playing at all. Um, so yeah, Atlanta was definitely very special, but, um, I was just happy to be playing. Yeah. Yeah. Who'd who'd you beat to play in? If you remember. To play in was Mike Bogue and, uh, Timmy Brewster. Timmy Brewster. Yeah. Yeah. Bogue, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Bogue. Um, Phil, some of the things you're, one of the, one, give me, give me two things you thought Mike did well in that game. Well, Mike did well. Uh, his focus uh, was really good. Um, we, uh, I have uh, two buddies back home. Uh, shout out to J.K. and Brian Cox. Um, they just gave, uh, they watch a lot of film before we played them and uh, gave us a really great game plan. Um, and so Mike and I, we just talked about it and um, we had this game plan. We uh, just decided to execute it. And uh, he stayed focused. He stayed on the game plan, uh, and just performed phenomenally, which made you know made it really easy on me to, yeah. to do what I do back there. So, yeah, cool, man. I really yeah. appreciate that. How about the conditions, Jeff? Were you out in Atlanta last year? No, oh, you weren't there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was hot. It was hot as balls. Right? It was like ninety-eight with yeah. like ninety-eight percent humidity. It was awful. It's like New York in August. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like Michigan in August. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was just thinking, because Jeff and I were talking about that. It's like, wait, you win twice. The worst you can finish is fifth. <laughs> right? Right. So, right. Yeah. so one game on Saturday, win or lose, you you know, you yeah. play Sunday for quarters, yeah. you know, or, or Sunday for semis. So. Yeah. I mean, I wish they would open it up. I mean, you yeah. know, if you're in the main draw, you just got to be the qualifier team, and then, like, you're already in the seventh place. It's true. I mean, come on. Come on, AVP. Let's go. More <laughs> opportunities for more people. How are we going to grow the game if there are so few opportunities, you know? Yeah. Jeff, we, um, I guess someone had a question, but I want to, I wanted to tune into this question. We, cool. like in 2019, actually you guys played in New York. I remember hanging with you guys in New York. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And I hung with you and Dave Palm on, in Huntington. No, 
Yeah, Huntington Beach. From Huntington. Yeah. Remember David said he's going to play with uh, Camacho. We were like, wait, is Camacho even still alive? And it turned out, <laughs> right, that dude's smoking a cigarette in the technical timeout. And he has a cat. He had a cat in his box. Yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah. What? See how I jump off the subject, Jeff? Just like Jay I don't know what the question is, but... Uh, my, my question <laughs> is... Question. No, look, my question is, is um, some a lot of elite athletes, when you have some of these nagging injuries that prevent you from doing a lot of the things you do well, you have a decision to play through it or just be like, hey, I need to step away for like a month or two and take care of myself. Um, I guess my question is, and someone asked me this because they asked because they 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 believe we know each other very well. And we do. So my question with you with you was one: How important is doing nothing? And two: How do you? Um, I mean, it's, it's two years removed, and you look terrific now. And you know, we practice. You, I know, you, I think you feel terrific now. But for other athletes coming up, maybe um, I'm just using how it pertains to you in the past. How important is doing is is just saying, hey. I need to take, you know, some time to chill. Well, there, there's very few times where you're doing nothing, you know. Even even if you are um, taking time away from the game, whether it's a long period or short period, you're using that time to heal. And there are obviously things that you can do to heal. It's like, um, are you working on your mental health or are you sitting on the couch, like, watching Netflix? Which, you know, there's a time for that, too. But um, to answer your question a little bit more directly it's huge especially for someone like me who is a blocker most of the time who i'm six two and i run up to the net there's no sense in killing myself all first half of the season and then trying to go out and think i'm going to be able to walk through the qualifier and then win two three matches in the main draw or win a tournament like it it it's probably pretty realistic so just being able to have a little bit more consistency but not kill yourself you know like i'll probably get more training in if i go 30 minute training sessions 40 minute hour long training sessions a couple three team three times a week rather than trying to go the two hours i'll get more training throughout a long period of time because i don't have to take time off because i'm injured or because i'm just worn out so doing less for me has worked wonders over the past couple of years and um, I wish I would have maybe thought about it a little bit earlier because everyone's a little bit a little bit different um, in in how they need to train. I wouldn't begin to tell someone else how the, you know how to do their training, but um, for me, just not not going too hard and spending some time on Jeff um, and making sure that I'm straight mentally, physically, just emotionally, just you know, because there's just so much that so many factors for a beach volleyball player because we're our a lot of times we are our own physical therapist we are our own counselor we are our own coach we're our own agent we're our own travel agent we're, we are doing so much um that that it it's important for us to basically just to take care of ourselves first and then volleyball will flow a lot better after that i feel like yeah yeah that's a great point and like i know jeff like i mean all volleyball players, right? We're super competitive. Yeah, yeah. We like we don't we don't view like taking time for ourselves as like an yeah. option. If we're like if you know if we're hurt and we feel like you know we need to maybe step back for a little bit. Well, now are we falling behind everybody else? Right. Everyone else is still working. Everybody's just training. as hard. I bet you or are harder. I bet you are. You know, um, and then you know the season is 
uh, pretty short. So it's like, okay, if I take off these like two or three tournaments, like yeah. now I'm missing those opportunities to not play. Not getting points. And not getting stuff. points, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So no, I, that no, that's a huge answer because that's something that a lot of people who don't play or don't play as much or play at the level might not comprehend. Yeah. You know, uh, that it is. And Jeff, as a caveat, what you said before, volleyball players are the biggest improvisers in any, <laughs> yeah. in, pro- yeah. possibly in any, besides UFC fighters or, yeah. or MMA fighters, probably more than any other athlete in, oh, in, in any sport. You have to be, you have to be an Avenger. Yeah. You, you, congratulations, you're an Avenger. I don't know mouth to mouth. Yes, you you do now. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. my car broke down. I'm not, I'm not a mechanic. Yeah. You are now. Yeah. Every <laughs> volleyball player internet. knows the human anatomy more than any other <laughs> yeah. athlete yeah. on the planet. I'm not kidding. I go into like you know the PT or chiropractor, and he's like, "Wait, how do you know what that? Is? How do you yeah. know that that mm-hmm. leads to this?" I'm like. Yo, man, we don't got a choice. It's like I'm either going to look it up and figure out what hurts or remember what my trainer said or it's not going to get done, you know. So, That's like, right. I don't, I'm don't. i not Djokovic. I don't have 12 staff members rolling with me to, you know, help me get prepared for tournaments. I got to do it myself. So Nice. Yeah. That, no, it makes complete sense. No, guys, I appreciate the honesty and sentiment, you know, take some. Um, <laughs> it's hard for us, especially like men, to admit that we need to chill. At the and at the same time, we yeah. need, oh yeah, we still need to drive on. And and yeah. how? Just how? 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 Yeah, how, that's a great how. point. Yeah, but also, if you're a lot younger, mm-hmm. then wear yourself out, dude. <laughs> you know, I'm 36. You, yeah. you, you, 21 year olds to 24, 25 year olds, wear yourself out, dude. Get as much. I did that. Yeah. I got as much. I was playing every day, two times oh, a day. Yeah. You know, all the time. Just taking uh, advantage of every opportunity. Yeah, we were taking advantage of every opportunity. But once you get to a certain point, you, you got to work smarter instead of harder. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when you mm-hmm. when you start becoming old. Yeah, my, my, my headphones was breaking up. Just call us old. Yeah, what's old? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. But that definitely that seeped into my second question, just because you guys have been around the game for for a bit, and with a heightened level of success. I mean, I'm I'm in a room with with some guys that are like, you know, I could do better, and I still have these other goals, and I got you feel, and I know you both got feel you got bigger fish to fry. Um, but just allow yourself the next five or ten seconds to indulge on some of the things you've done so far. I mean, it's it's awesome. It's awesome. Look, it's awesome being in the same room for these guys doing doing these good things. So my my question, the, the question that was supposed to happen, um, eighteen year old coming up sees Jeff, sees Van Vandermeer. Um, what's what's the formula? You know, right? Like you find a way. You guys always find a way into the main draw when you're in a qualifying. When you're in the draw, you know, you 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 actually make a big dent. And I thought 2017 was awesome for you, um, even in the losses. Uh, um, so someone's 18. They ask you piece of advice. They want to get better. They they want to take the next level. They know. And there's always this. And for volleyball, there's always this next level until you're until you're number one, mm-hmm. right, in the world. Right, and you're the best in the country. You're not gonna rest on that. So, give an 18 year old some piece of advice. He just got out of high school. You know, he's been playing some club. Maybe Alzina gave him some privates. Vendemir, you go first. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, I would say take advantage of every opportunity. Um, if there are players that you kind of idolize and you enjoy watching, um, like mimic their style and don't be afraid to hit them up on social media too. Uh, hit them up on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Um, chances are that. They'll get back to you and they'll get, they'll give you some advice, um, but uh, just keep at it. I mean, volleyball is a hard sport, um, but if you really love it, just let that passion just drive you and guide you. 
Love it. I can't follow that up. <laughs> um, I would. Uh, I would. Don't get distracted by girls. Well, that was the main reason I got in. That was, <laughs> was the main say, reason I got into volleyball. I was like, Jeff, you want to come back home? No, I got lacrosse yeah. practice. There'll be girls. What time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's not a lie. Tell me a volleyball guy who has not getting, <laughs> gotten into this sport because of girls. Right? But, uh, I mean, yeah, the first thing I would probably tell an 18-year-old is, A, it won't work unless you work it. So, you know, it, if you want to get out there and do it, go do that. Don't care about what other people say um a ton of people told me being from michigan that you know you're not going to be able to play beach volleyball i'm from flint michigan they're like you know you're not going to be able to play beach volleyball what is this Mm -hmm. you you know go go get a job at a factory somewhere you know yeah um and you know it was obviously something that was on my mind in the back of my mind from all the loved ones and family members who just didn't have that vision for me but you know, God didn't give them that vision. They gave that vision to me. And that's why, you know, it was bestowed upon me to be able to do what, what we do. Um, and the other thing would probably be, um, the other thing would probably be don't, don't worry about what you look like when you're doing something. That is the number one thing I tell the kids oh, that I coach. Amen. Everyone, everyone, I, I would say geek out more than you think you probably should. Over-exaggerate things more than you you probably should. So many people are worried about looking like the next person or looking, you know, how, how do I look? I probably look ridiculous when I'm standing up there getting ready to block because I'm like so crouched down and I'm like, cause I know that's the only way I'm going to get up very quick, you know, being yeah. shorter. So it's like, I probably look a little bit weird looking like this, but like, Hey, I, at my height, I don't know anybody in the States or even in the world. Maybe that gets as many blocks as I do. So, um, that. I think Doc could say the same about himself, right? Yeah, or even him. In yeah, like on defense. defense yeah, you, exactly. The dude moves like an animal. Yeah, you, you, Doc. You gotta you want to... it. You gotta be hungry. You know, yeah. you can't be afraid to make mistakes. I've never seen someone that moves so fast to an area and then, like, full stop, almost like a pause button, like a freeze frame. Than he does. He's, he gets to the spot and he stops. That's what I'm. Who, since I a, met him, this is what I'm talking. Yeah, he was <laughs> well, maybe like 15 or 16 years old, and he's always had like good fundamentals, good skill. Twitch, you know, Twitch. Muscles. Both of us have worked on the mental game a lot more, but this guy yeah. is just. I mean, he could. He still jumps really well. This kid at 15, 16 years old was just feet to ball, jumping straight up and hammering people in the face, and then telling them about it after he, <laughs> telling them about it after he does it. And that was that opened up my whole uh, world to beach volleyball. I was like, wow, you can do pe- you can, can do that. that. You can do that. Like I seen yeah. a tall guy do what tall people do, but when I met him for the first time, I was like, whoa, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> well, I think the more people that get to know how he plays the less people he hits in the face <laughs> you know because there, yeah. there are some people you go up and you have this approach and your approach for your jump your, your shot and your power is almost the same so i've seen some guys like walk in step in early and you hit it and <laughs> just yeah. abs- absolutely blew him up and everybody watching is like my, you, i can't believe that short dude. Life. i, I can't that. believe that dude just, <laughs> and that's the worst feeling uh, in the world stepping into uh, it the same time oh, someone swinging it's like yeah Ouch. Oh yeah, Je- Jeff and I retired a few guys. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, social security. Imagine dude. us, me at twenty-one or twenty-two, yeah. and him at sixteen, out there at the MPVA, which would be like our CBVA or right. whatever. 
like imagine us like uncontrolled emotion just two wild young boys just out there and beating almost everyone there was only like one team that was better than us so it was like it it was it was insane just to be like just Mm -hmm. to be out there in michigan just playing volleyball all the time with this guy was i learned a lot learned a lot at the beginning of how to play volleyball from him and his entire family actually so yeah. Oh, by the way, Sarah Stratton says she loves Michigan, too. Sarah, um, yeah. 2001, won, uh, beat Holly McPeak. Uh, I think she played with Hanley, and that was in Muskegon. Sarah nice. Stratton, for those of you guys who don't know. I know the name. She, um, 2000 Olympics, Australia was the host, so they, they had three teams, and she was one of those teams. She was cool. an, an indoor middle, got lucky, got good. and um, yeah. She's got one AVP under her belt, and that, 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 that one. Is Michigan, Michigan. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. and she beat. Look, if you beat, well, it doesn't you know, matter the venue. If you beat Holly in the finals, yeah, yeah. gotta have respect. Oh, you yeah. know the AVP went to all three of those stops for yeah. a long time. Yep, uh, Muskegon. Yep, I think they've been to South Haven a few times. I don't know. Yes, um, and yeah. Grand Haven. Yeah, um, yeah. So. Coney Island was, was a big thing for them too That's in right. Brooklyn. Yeah, that okay. beach is a dump too. Yeah. So I'm sorry, sorry, <laughs> Coney Island. I mean, look, bad beaches are the reason I hated the beach. I didn't start liking the beach well, until 2016. If you want to talk about bad beaches, we'll go to Atlantic City. Dump. Uh, Panama City's awful because it's always spring break and drunk people are walking and twerking through the court. <laughs> then, Some fat guy walks down and yank, yanks yeah. your net and, and lets then, it go. And then Ocean Shitty. Oh, what is it? Ocean City. Ocean Shitty. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Ocean City. <laughs> so, yeah. so my piece of advice, not to young people. Or the people who have been in the game as long as you guys have. And this is what I tell everybody. Um, always have something that you can do two or three days a week that allows you to come back and do this job volleyball like a mammal. Like, for me, when coaching, when this, this escapism called volleyball became my career, for me it was karaoke. I do it two, day, two or three days a week. I'm good. I can do my job. Mine's if disc I, golf. If I don't disc golf, yeah, I went cool this morning. <clears throat> yeah, and it was and and I told Savvy Simo this too. Um, she's too young to get it, but she's gonna get it maybe two or three years from now. The job can't save your ass. All right, you're out there. You're taking down this tournament. You're taking down that tournament. You're finishing here. You're finishing there, and it's always next to the one and next to the one. But at the end of the day, um, your escapism counts uh family with different last names or just family with the same last name these are the things in the end when you're done with this not if when because there's going to be a when Mm -hmm. that that allows you to um enjoy the same success and at the same time not have these things mentally uh destroy you because mentally it's going to eventually go to physically because you you feel like you're not doing things physically hard enough. So you're going to work harder and then it's going to be your knees and your back until there's nothing left except this ball of dust. Yep. But guys, the jo- I'll say to the camera, the job can't save your ass. Yeah. All right. So well, that's that's what I tell some of the guys who've been playing for a while. Yeah. Jeff, please. I think that is one of the cooler things about volleyball. Being a professional beach volleyball player mm-hmm. is it doesn't exactly you put a lot into it, but it doesn't exactly consume your entire life. Where if you were a professional football or basketball player, you don't have any other choice but to be with the team and do team things all the time. And I feel like it's a little bit harder for those guys to find things that they're passionate about after they're done right. with their mm-hmm. sport. For us 
us, um, we almost have to have another passion or job yes. to to survive. So, you know, for me, I do the public speaking thing. I'm traveling mm-hmm. around with Hyundai during the winter time and doing that. I'm very passionate about that. I play disc golf and other sports and that sort of stuff. So it gives me an opportunity to not only do other things right now, but to have something that uh, gives almost gives me the same feeling as being out on a, on a volleyball right. court. And yeah. I feel like a guy like Michael Jordan, he, although he's into a lot of stuff, he's never going to feel the same as when he was on the basketball court with the Bulls. You know what I'm right. saying? Like it's it's going to be a lot harder for a guy like him. Don't get me wrong. He had mm-hmm. his huge ups with championships and all this stuff. But no, but he there, gambled. But there is a rest But he gambled. Life. He did some things that helped him count, sustain. I don't know if I count gambling, but. No, right. for him. Yeah, like it. we I got our it. own thing. Dude, my, no, my wife likes true. to swim with sharks and shit. Yeah, I can't say. Pet what sharks. It is for him. I'm not true. no damn shark. <laughs> like Kelly, you, you met Kelly, right? Yeah. Kelly, Kelly, on her spare time, likes climb Kilimanjaro. Go, my people don't go do swim any with of sharks. That. We yeah. leave all that to white people. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> yes. only white people think they're not going to yeah. be an emergency snack. We ain't discovering just... no new species. <laughs> is that a Rottweiler or a bear? <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Mm-mm. Hey, Dave Sr. sent this picture. I want to show it to everybody. Oh, that's oh, us. Wow. Look at that. Yeah, that's, that's you guys. That's you covering? Yeah. Who is that? Is that Jimmy Vanderwall blocking you? Yeah, maybe. That, Check it that, out. That looks like Muskegon, I think. Where's my hair? I was going to say, where's the hair, buddy? I didn't understand. <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> this is Dave. Is that Dave? <laughs> this is Dave. Well, that's definitely Jeff. <laughs> yep. I remember that tournament, that. too. Oh, that was a fun one. Yep. Cool, guys. That's awesome. That's... So, guys, before we get out of here, because mm-hmm. Jeff, I mean, Jeff, we know we could do this for like three hours if we allow each other, but I know <laughs> I know you got to qualify tomorrow, and I know you want to. Carlos wanna, passed um, out over here, I think. Oh, my God, Carlito. Yeah. I'm going to get a shot of him <laughs> in the corner. Actually, where's my camera? <laughs> right there. <laughs> there go Carlos right there. <laughs> Hiding behind the LSU mug. <laughs> I got you. So Jeff, uh, Doc, any um, like IG handle or any, anyone who wants to know more, um, a little more about what you guys have been up to or what's next, um, where can they find you? Is there a particular website or this and that? Yeah, for me, you can find me uh, at Doc underscore VM on Instagram. And cool. please feel free to reach out. I'll get back to you uh, eventually. I'm not great on social media, but uh, I, do, um, I do enjoy getting questions and responding to those. Yeah, uh, I think mine's just Jeff Samuels. I changed it so much. Jeez, Jeff Samuels uh, I I on Instagram okay. at, at Jeff Samuels. Two eyes at the end. I like it. Ain't no I in team, baby. He's like ain't no ain't no we either. <laughs> but there, hey, there's an I in win. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, my man. So. Doc might love you guys, and Jeff might love you, but me, I don't love any of you guys. In fact, I can't stand any of you, so I'm out of here, all right? So for all of you on your iPhone, for all of you guys on your Droid, if that still exists, for all of you on your desktop who runs the world, old school, baby, old school. For Jeff Kennedy Samuels. (laughs) My middle name is actually Bernard. As in B, I B, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so for Jeff B. Samuels and for Doc Vandermeer, David Vandermeer, the muscle shark, I'm Jason DeBeas. We're going to hit my music. Stay with me for a little bit. And we're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on optionvb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.